Yeah, it truly was a great day yesterday, and it's exciting just to see the progress that we are making. And so we're hoping that very shortly our Sunday school children will be able to move over into the new facility, and um, yeah, that they will, they will be blessed with it. Um, like you heard, we are starting the purpose course this morning, and um, if you didn't get a manual this morning, um, you can go to the information desk after the service this morning, and they'll be able to help you there. And if you can't afford one, please don't be embarrassed. Go and speak to Belinda. Uh, Belinda is the lady that's standing there at the back by the sound desk. You can go and speak to her, and um, she'll be able to help you. But don't feel like, uh, I don't have the money, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to do this. It's important for us in the life of this church for you to get one of these manuals. Even if, if you as a family want to buy one, uh, I don't say you have to all have one in the family, but go and get one from, from Belinda. It's, it's really going to help you in this course that we are busy doing. And so why do the purpose course? Well, God created us for purpose. And so we need to know why He has created us. And so it's important for us to go through this to understand what our purpose is. And so how many of you have heard or you've seen the movie on Alice in Wonderland. I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So in that story, Alice is busy talking to the Cheshire cat. And Alice asks the cat, would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here? To which the cat replies, that depends a good deal on where you want to go. So Alice replies, I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. And so I'm trusting that we don't have the attitude of Alice, but we want to find out where God wants us to go. And so the title for today's message is taken from that line of the cat, Where do you want to get to? And so if we are living life without purpose, it's like a rudderless ship on the ocean that's just being tossed back and forward by all the wind and the waves. And that's not how God intended our lives to be. He wants to give us a direction to go in. He doesn't want us just to be tossed back and forward. And the question about purpose that we are trying to answer in this series asks the question, where do I want to get to? Or maybe even more accurately, where do you need to get to? And I think that's the more accurate one, is where do we need to get to? Where is it that God has destined us to get to? And we need to make sure that we get to that place. And if like Alice who says, well, it doesn't much matter where I'm going, well then, yeah, <laughs> your life is going to be neither here nor there. Come see, come saw, we just... Yeah, we just run around and it doesn't matter. There's no purpose. 
And I trust that because you are here today, it's because you are wanting to find out what the purpose is that God created you for. And so I want to look at, there's going to be three different areas that we're going to look at this morning. Um, and so the first one is going to come from the Bible verse that we're going to look at, the first three points. And then there's going to be three black holes or, or false purposes to avoid. And then now I want to land with three questions. So this entire series that we're going to be looking at, sorry, just a quick thing. In your books, you will see there are some pages at the beginning where you can take notes if you are wanting to take some notes. So this entire series is based on Ephesians 2 verse 10, which says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So firstly, look at who has done the work, the initial work. It is God who has done the initial work. When we come to talking about your life and my life's purpose, the starting point is God himself. And we need to realize that, that he is the starting point. I love the fact that the verse says, you are God's masterpiece. And that God made you for purpose. He didn't just make you, like I said last week, to take up space and oxygen. But he has made you for purpose. And the starting point isn't you and I. The starting point is God himself. And so you might be here today because someone invited you or you happened to just come because you wanted to see what City Base is all about. And I'd like to say welcome to you. But it's also possible that you are here today and you haven't settled the question in your heart of your beliefs about God and the Bible And so I'm trusting that through what is shared that today you will get to understand more about God and why He has created you. And so I want to look at two competing views, um, world views. And the first one is the Eastern world view. And this includes religions like Buddhism and Hinduism. And so the question was asked a Hindu priest, and I hope I pronounce, I hope I pronounce this right, Takafumi Katakumi. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he was interviewed by two authors who run a website called Questions on Purpose. And in answer to the question on purpose of life, this is what he said. He said, there is no purpose in your life. The Buddhist approach is you are born and then you die. And then you are born and then you die. And then you are born and then you die. So there is no purpose for you as an individual. Or some might say that the purpose 
of life is to escape this terrible cycle of just being born and dying, born and dying. And the second competing view is the secular view. And this is held by atheism and naturalism who hold this view. And can I say that a lot of nominal Christians, and what I mean by nominal Christians is those who call themselves Christians because they've been born into a family that is Christian or into a country that claims to be Christian. And so because of this, they hold to this view. So, yeah, what I mean by that is if you are asked at a census or something, um, what is your religion? You'd mark it as Christian. But actually, you're not really a Christian because growing up in a garage doesn't make you a car. In the same way, growing up in a Christian household doesn't make you a Christian. So in answer to the secular view, what is the purpose of life? The secular answer is this. Whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want it to be. Bertrand Russell, who was a prominent atheist writer and philosopher, said that we are each to be weary but unyielding Atlas. So let me explain that first. Atlas was a figure from, a Greek myth, uh, from Greek mythology who carried the whole world on his shoulders. So let me get back to that quote. He said, Each of us are to be weary but unyielding Atlas, carrying the world on our shoulders, the world of our making. So the Eastern view, there is no real purpose except to try and escape the cycle of being born and dying. The secular view of you trying to figure out your own purpose and be the God of your own destiny. But then there is a third view, and it's the view that the Bible holds to, that says not only is there a purpose to your life, but there is a creator who created and made us on purpose and for purpose. Like I said last week, you are not a mistake. God created you on purpose and for purpose. And I believe that as we go through this course, we will start to realize that the purpose that God created us for, we're not going to see the whole picture. It's like building a puzzle. You start to see little bit by little bit. Some pieces go together easily, and then other parts of the puzzle more difficultly. And sometimes we get a bigger picture of what God is busy doing and the purpose of our lives, but then sometimes there are going to be times when we are not so sure of the purpose. And I'm trusting that through what we share, that that picture will become more and more clear to you. So what is your starting point to understanding your purpose in the world? Is it that you have no purpose? Or is it, I will create my own? Or do we hold to the point of view of the Bible 
that it is God who created us for purpose. So first of all, our starting point is God. That's where we start off with. The second one is God does a work in us. We just read in that verse, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. The word handiwork is also translated in English as masterpiece. So we can say that we are God's masterpiece. And then from the, the Greek root word, we also get the word poetry from it. So Paul is saying, God did a work in us. He designed us. And, you know, just like, uh, can I ask you to put up that picture again, the one that's, that's in the announcements, the one with the fingerprint. So Paul is saying that each one of us has been designed and created individually. We are different. And if you have to go and have a look at your fingerprint, uh, all right, well, we need to, <laughs> up, all right, there's a fingerprint up there. All of us are created differently. All of us have a different fingerprint. Among the seven point whatever billion people on earth, there is no one that has a fingerprint like yours. You are uniquely created by God. And He has put His thumbprint on your soul. You are special to Him. There is a divine creator who has created you and he's put his mark on your life. And that print that he's put on your life is as unique as that thumbprint on your hand. You are created for a purpose. Thirdly, not only does God do a work in us, but God does a work through us. Going back to that scripture, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were born, God created you to do good works. He didn't create you and then say, oh shucks, what do I do now? No, before you were born, God already knew what he wanted you to do. He designed you. And he put in you those things so that you would be able to carry out the work that he wanted you to do. To do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. And so if we go back to that idea of poetry, we are a poetic masterpiece. God writes a work in us and then through us. We are both his paper and his pen. Written on the storybooks of our lives is a narrative, a story or a description of events that has been written by the hand of God. Sometimes it's unknown to us. Sometimes we get a little glimpse of it. And that's what we're working towards, is getting to understand more of that work. God is doing something unique and beautiful in your life and in mine. But then on the other side of it, as the pen, is writing poetry out in the world. 
You know, and just as, as the moon reflects the light of the sun, the moon doesn't have any light of its own. It's reflecting the light from the sun. And so, as children of God, we should be reflecting the light of the sun, not the S-U-N, but S-O-N. As God's children, we need to be reflecting the light of Jesus so that the world can see Jesus in us. It's God taking my life and writing in at the pages of human history so that by interacting with people in a small way, they will be able to see God in us. You see, Jesus comes and he changes us so much that when people see us, they should be able to see him in us. We should be reflecting the sun through the way that we live our lives. Your life and mine is not based on random chance. There is a reason and a rhyme to our lives. Even when we don't understand it, there is a reason and a rhyme for why God created us. So I've got two things here that I'd like to show you. This, I hope you can see it at the back, is called a micrometer. (laughs) And this one is called a G-clamp or a C-clamp. They both look pretty much similar, but they are both used for vastly different um, works. Now, I suppose you could take the micrometer and you could use it to hold something, just like what a C-clamp or a G-clamp is used for. It's to hold things together so that you can weld them, or, or just it's like a third hand. <laughs> But if you've got to take this tool and use it for what it's not designed for, you are going to damage it. This tool is designed for making precise measurements. And it is a machinist's favorite tool to make sure that he's machining his this, the, the workpiece he's making to precise measurements so that it can be used for what it's supposed to be. And so if you use that for what it's not meant for, even though it looks like a G-clamp or C-clamp, you are going to damage it. And so you can try and fit in with other tools like that thing becoming a C-clamp, but that's not what it was created for. And so you see the master comes into the workshop and he picks up the micrometer and he says, you were created as a measuring tool for precise measurements. But you're not designed to be on your own. You are designed to work in conjunction with others. And it's the same for us. Some of you might be more the micrometer. Others might be the G-clamp or C-clamp, whatever you want to call it. We are created differently for different purposes. 
And so I want to say to you, if someone is created for one specific purpose and you created for another one, don't try and be what you are not created to be. Your life is going to be an absolute misery. That's why it's important for us to find out why God created us. Because then it is going to be a joy. You know, when you find someone who's found their purpose for living, man, they're excited about getting up in the morning. They're excited about life. Whenever you talk to them, they're going to tell you about what they're excited about. Because it's something that, man, it's just they're enthused about it. They want to do it every day of their lives. They want other people to know how much they enjoy it. And so when we find our purpose, what God has created us for, it's going to be the same as that. We're going to be excited to tell people, man, this is why God created me. This is what he's created me for. We want everybody to know. And you might be here today and you say, I have no idea of what my shape and purpose is. And so I trust that as we go through this course, you will discover that. And you'll be able to live your life to the full. So just like with everything good, there are also false alternatives. And if you could imagine your life living without purpose, like a planet that's just busy wobbling through the solar system, it's got no purpose, it's got no star to... To be going around, life is not going to be worth living. You know, every planet finds its orbit because of the star it's next to. And when a star goes bad, it creates what scientists call a black hole or it implodes. And because of the powerful forces, it sucks in everything around it, even the light, it sucks in that light. And instead of us finding our orbit around the sun, who is Jesus, many of us get sucked into this black hole. And so there are three black holes that I would like to look at this morning. And the first one is me, myself, and I. And Western culture, more than any other culture over the last few decades, has answered this question of what is the purpose of my life by saying, live for yourself, for your success, for your comfort, for your pleasure, and for your independence. But Paul, on the other hand, tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 15, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So you see as a child of God we don't live for ourselves we live for Jesus and for the purpose that he's created us for. It's not about you and your comfort. There is more to life than just me, myself, and I. 
D.L. Moody put it this way, Our greatest fear should not be failure, but our success at something that doesn't really matter. And we'll see that a little bit more of that in the next point. For many, the black hole that consumes us for decades. First of all, we spend years and years studying so that we can make more money. And then we spend years and years trying to move from one job to the next. Why? So that we can make more money. Why do we do that? So that we can get more stuff. Better cars, bigger houses, go on better holidays. And many times when we get caught up in this black hole, we think that our self-worth is determined by our net worth. And so to make ourselves feel better, we need to have more and more money. And so we get caught up in this black hole, and it sucks the life out of us. We get caught up with wealth, fame, and fortune. And many times what happens is, when we are busy laying on our deathbeds, we realize that those things are not important. And that family and friends and good relationships are far more important than seeking fame and fortune. And so if this is true, why do we spend so much of our time pursuing money? Jesus put it this way in Luke 12 verse 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. See, Jesus tells us, possessions are not going to make us happy. That's a black hole. It's something that's just going to suck the life out of us when we pursue that all the time. And then the third black hole that we need to avoid is the approval of others. All of us need encouragement from time to time, and it's good to get encouragement. But when that is all we are after, someone to encourage us and to say to us, well done, you've done well, that can become a problem in our life. And that black hole is going to suck us down. And it's going to lead us to a place of misery. Elaine de Botton wrote a book called Status Anxiety, which comments on the tendency to live on the praises of other people. And so this is what he said. The approval of others matters to us because we are afflicted by an uncertainty as to our value. As a result, we allow others' appraisal to play a determining role in how we see ourselves. Our sense of identity is held captive by the judgment of those we live among. And I think for so many of us, we get caught up in that. We want people to say to us, well done, you've done well. And we start living in that place where we want the praises of people. And then when someone comes to us and they moan at us, all of a sudden we hit the doldrums. 
because now we haven't heard well done, but you've messed up, you've done a stupid thing. And so many times this, our life is like a roller coaster. We're on a high because people have said we've done well, and then when people moan at us and say that we've messed up, then we're in the doldrums and we get all depressed. And that was never the way God intended us to live. When we don't understand the value we have, because God says we are valuable, we can end up spending our lives orbiting this hole of living for the approval of others. Friends and family, I want to say to you, you are important to God. Like that word that came out this morning. God knows you. He designed you before you were born. He knew who you were going to be. He loved you from before you were born. You are not a piece of rubbish. You are not stupid. You are not a mistake. You are precious to God. Did you hear that? You are precious to God. And so many of us run ourselves down because of our bad self-esteem, because of what people have said about us, and we forget who we are in Christ Jesus. Stop listening to the lie. Go and read what the Word of God has to say about you, who you are. Find your identity in Jesus, in the Word of God, and not through what people say about you. Your life counts. You matter to God. You have His thumbprint on your soul. And so you don't need to orbit that black hole of trying to make everyone happy. Trying to live that way will make your life an absolute misery. Ask me, I know. <laughs> your life will be an absolute misery. Go to the Word of God. Believe what the Father has to say about you, not what other people say about you. Paul says this in Galatians 1 verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If we are still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so the contrast between these three black holes, me, myself, and I, materialism, and living for the approval of others, compared to this verse in Ephesians, that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that so much better? I'd like to read it out of the Passion Translation because it just puts it a little bit differently. It's not up there, so don't worry. We have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Isn't that incredible? What a God we serve. There is a Son who is Jesus. Let's orbit our lives around Him instead of around these black holes 
And there are so many other black holes that we can orbit around. But let's rather orbit around the sun, Jesus Christ. So in ending off, there's three questions that I'd like to ask us. What is God's purpose for all his children? And so if we have to read through the Bible, we will see that there are things that God tells us as human beings that we need to be doing. It's not that this is for you as an individual, but this is for all of us. As children of God, there are things that we should be doing. And so in the course, as you get into it this week, you'll see they are condensed into five big ideas. Christ, Christ-likeness, common good, community, and the Great Commission. And uh, we'll get more into those as we go through the course. So at the next five weeks, we're going to, the next five Sundays, sorry, we are going to look at each one of these five purposes. And if you don't have a clue what your purpose is, at least by the end of this course, you'll have five purposes that you should be doing as a child of God. The second one, what is God's purpose for me personally? The first one there, number one, was for all God's children. Number two is for me individually. And so can I say that this is far more difficult? So we're not going to tell you a specific purpose that God has designed you for. Because that is something that you are going to need to find out for yourself. But over the course of the next six weeks in the home groups or the life groups, we're going to be posing seven questions to help you try and answer more of that question. You see, we are unique individuals and we haven't all been designed for the same purpose. And even if we may sort of, our purpose is sort of line up, we are still created individually by God and there are going to be differences. So that's what makes this so difficult. But there are going to be these seven questions to help try and answer so that you get more clarity on the purpose of why God created you. In Acts 13 verse 36, it says this, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When David served God's purposes, once he'd fulfilled them, he died. Wouldn't that be incredible for each and every one of us to be able to say, I fulfilled the purposes of God in my life. Like Paul said, I've run the race. And Paul didn't only say, I've, I just made it to the finish line. He says, no, I've run the race well. And so I want to trust with you that we will find our purpose and we will live out our purpose 
And we will run this race well together. And so the third question that we are going to try and answer through this course is, how do I fulfill God's purpose? So it's no good answering question one and two, having all the theoretical knowledge without doing something about it. You see, God, like with the gifted course that we did, God doesn't only give us gifts so that we use them for ourselves. No, they are for the benefit of others. And in the same way, yeah, God wants us to live our lives for purpose because it's going to change those around us. And so to help with that, if you look towards the back of the manual, you will see that there is a 36-day devotional and that is designed to put answers to the first two questions into action. And so I'd encourage you that tomorrow go and read that first devotional and take what is in that and put it into practice. So I'm trusting that for each one of us as we work through this course that we are going to get to understand why it is that God created us. What is the purpose God created us for? And take what God has given us and use it for the glory of his kingdom. And so that's the desire of my heart for this course. And I trust that it's the desire of your heart. And I, I really know that as we go through this, it's going to change our lives. It's going to change the purpose and the life of city-based church. And together we are going to fulfill the destiny that God has planned for us. So come along with us on this journey. If you're not in a life group, find a life group where you can get plugged into. If you're not sure where you want to go, go to the back of the church at the end of this meeting and there's a board there where the life group leaders' names are on. You can see what they look like. Go to them and say, man, I'd like to come to your life group. Even if it's just for these six weeks, get involved in a life group. And it's going to change your life. Amen. Can we pray together?